welcome to Pondering Popper, your Popper premiere podcast. I am Kelly Kais, and I'm here with Diego Brando. How's it going today? Uh, it's going okay. Uh, I sold a bunch of paper cards. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I've just been doing all day is sorting. Ooh, I don't miss that. That's a really good part of the MTGO collection. I know. I uh, I swear, I want to deck 2017 me who accident who didn't pack his uh commander 2017 decks correctly and so now lost 20 bucks because a disrupted decorum got squished wow like completely unplayably Oof. yeah i have all of my decks and uh i actually had a bunch of packs that i won locally just in random events over the many months of playing popper events and just before COVID, we did a little draft at work, and we were going to play our uh, our decks against each other the next week, and I had to work from home for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty silly. Yeah. So I just have all my cards just sitting in the closet, waiting for a moment. I know. Yeah, I, I completely forgot. I had built uh, Green Black Seasons Past before the... Uh, in Pioneer. Not a good deck, but... It's the type of stuff I love uh, before the pandemic. And I completely forgot I even had the deck because I got to play it, like, once. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Those yeah. rental services on Magic Online can be a boon sometimes. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So have I've, you been I, uh, yeah. able to get on Magic Online and play events lately? Uh, I played... I was real busy last week. This week I actually have a nearly free schedule, so I'll be able to uh, play in the coming week and maybe get prepared enough to not drop a challenge. But uh, yeah, I I did one league uh, which I published, well, like or one specific league that I published, uh, which was with uh, today's topic, Jund. Yeah, Jund has been kind of seemingly coming out of nowhere but uh if you look back on it it makes a lot of sense we had um someone well going super far back basically jund is this modern deck that everyone loves it's just your value creature beat down and uh there's that saying when in doubt jund them out right so people have been trying to make it work in popper for a long time except popper meta mana was always horrid and you basically couldn't get enough mana to set yourself up correctly while still you know having a game plan and having an end game we've always had really good removal spells but now we have even better removal spells we have mm-hmm. cast down we have a braid and there's a little bit of a fixer slash late game in bonders ornament so the the jun yeah. was kind of showing up and then i'd happen to take on the challenge from frucial and play juntron do you recall this? <laughs> I've yeah, I do remember. Uh, so there's basically, Fruciel was saying, if you really want to make Jund work, just put Tron on it, and uh, it actually ended up working. If you have a ton of mana and a lot of good fixing, you can play big value creatures or and uh, lots of removal and win the game. And that's kind of sees it's kind of what's happening right now because. Bonner's Ornament is making an effect on the mana, but they also have the 3-drop mana creature, 
and a ton of uh, removal spells and the newest additions of the Cascade cards, which I think have really pushed this and uh, are making an impact. Yeah, I mean, I would say, I would, I would wouldn't say pushed. I would say created. I like it's without those Cascade cards, they just don't have. They haven't had real finishers before. It's interesting but, because the Cascade cards, as we talked about before, they provide such an amazing amount of value that they can carry a lot of different lists. Um, Heisen has been playing Boros Monarch, except without the, the kitty package of the eight birds. And he's literally just playing it with the four pirate um, Cascader. And then like uh, Custody Squire to Cascade into to also you know keep getting the Cascader over and over and keep slamming. Boarding, and, boarding party, course Skyfisher bounce boarding party. It's just value. Yeah, and wow. Yeah, and then uh, we also see there's been a couple people trying like a red-black Cascader list, which is basically um, MBC with Pirate, which seems to work okay. But uh, you put those big value creatures and a bunch of Pyroblasts in, and you can kind of beat up on uh, Faye. And before yeah. Jund arrived, we, as far as like a big meta presence right now, Popper was getting slammed by this Gruul or Jund Ponza deck. So our Ponza deck is smashing Tron, and so Tron ha kind of has to like fall to the shadows. I would say that Tron was kind of relegated to the Saturday challenge, wouldn't you? Yeah. It didn't really show up in uh, leagues I, that much. Oh yeah, no, it never shows up in leagues. I was about to say unfortunate, but then I realized that it was not unfortunate at all. Yeah, well, uh, now that Jund is around, I've been starting to see it pop up because one thing that Tron just obliterates is any sort of mid-range. So we had bad mid-range. Yeah, yeah. The thing is that the Jund deck, it it doesn't have good mana. But it has like just good enough, and it has really really powerful cascade cards. So I think that that's been carrying it, and those cascade cards and all the removal spells do a really good job at pushing down Fey. So then we have yeah. um, Jund coming to smash Fey, which was the prevailing deck when Ponza was pushing down Tron. And now, now it seems like Jund is the big deck that. Uh, everyone's hard targeting and now Tron can kind of target Jund and then maybe Ponza will come back to target Tron. Maybe we're doing something cyclical. Who knows? I, like, you don't, in my opinion, you don't really need to target Jund. It's best, the best sideboard plan against Jund is just literally divination. Yeah. <laughs> it, it folds so hard to so much would you it's say that Jund is kind of like the new MBC? Yes. Uh, it it gets it's it does get away with the fact that Boarding Party is a much better card than Grey Merchant of Asphodel. Mm -hmm. uh, Grey Merchant of Asphodel, you need uh, set up beforehand for it to be any good, and otherwise it doesn't impact the board at all when it comes down. It's just a two four uh, Boarding Party. <laughs> not only casts a spell, not only is it good without needing 
chittering rats on the field, but it also immediately swings in for six. And that's big game. You might not have a lightning bolt in your hand, or you might have tapped out. So it really just asks a lot of the opponent when you just keep putting out big threats over and over and over. Yeah, and Cascade just being good against Counterspell in general. Mm -hmm. uh, I know there was an old... I'm saying old, but there I've heard it said uh, that Blightning is only good when you get to cast it for free. Ah. Uh, I would... I mean, I would counter that Blightning is never good unless your opponent is not playing around Blightning, which people are starting to do. Uh, it's... It is, you don't see a lot of mind rots, so I think that's throwing people. Yeah. And the three damage can be relevant with boarding parties as your beatdown plan. But I, I, I mean, I have my opinions on that card, but I'll, we'll get into that. Well, if you're keeping the board clear with removal spells, um, and you can get a 6-3 uh, smash, that's almost half someone's life total. It's a third of their life total, basically. And if you can just, you know, sneak in a couple of times, you can definitely get there. We saw um, we saw Jun win a challenge way back in the beginning of April. Um, no. I don't remember which one it was. Uh, I believe it was a Sunday? Yeah, we'll see. Oh, of course it was, yeah. Hmm. Uh, March 28th, uh, Nathan, St Nathan Stewart won. And, Stoyer, Stewart. And then the next week, that was basically what all the people that were not um, Popper Grinders, what they played in the PTQ. Mm. So if you look at the PTQ results, we had 40 decks out of around 240 playing Jun, which was 16.7% of the meta. And the second most highly played deck was Is It Faye and then Fogtron, which kind of makes sense there and then burn some more Fadex. It was just really surprising to see so much Jund. Mm. So I, I would point out that among the... I think before it goes down to... I think Jund and Burn are the only in the top... Uh, okay, no, top 7, because Hexproof is at 49.3, but they're the uh, only ones sitting below a 50% win rate among, like, because Jund uh, ended up with a 47.4 match win rate, Is It Fey 50.3, Fogtron 53, Burn 45.9, which, yeah, it's Burn. Uh, yeah. Demir Fey is 57.3. I do think that is just the better Fey variant right now. Mm -hmm. Bully at 54, Afandi at 51, Elves at 55, and then Hexproof of 49 and then dimmer delver yeah it <laughs> yeah so if you look at the ptq itself we have jund actually making the finals but the next time you see it it i guess someone did make a 7-2 and then a 6-3 it's kind of like interspersed and then just a ton of jund in the bottom and i don't yeah. know if that's just people that didn't really know the format or what do you think do you think they just got unlucky with their land drops it seems like Jund is I, like, hey, I hit my three basics, of which I only have one of, and now it worked out. 
Yeah, I I think the the thing the key there is that I don't believe there's room for much skill expression in Jund. Mm-hmm. It is kind of the mid rangiest of mid range. Like even Boros, you have to choose between stalling for time or like holding bolts. Uh, whereas Jund, like oh, I have six mana. This is where I cast boarding party. I have three mana. This is where I cast one of my three drops. Yeah. I have zero mana. Uh, <laughs> this is where I die because I drew three bounce lands, etc. Yeah. It seems relatively um, standardized, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, because there isn't really a high skill ceiling. Mm-hmm. It's not going to. It's general, in my opinion. It's general results are indicative of the deck's quality. Ah, it's so like you could you could get hyper lucky with your draws and peak, but probably just going to have a mediocre time. Yeah, I mean, well, the the thing is just that when all pilots are basically playing on even playing field just because of the skill floor ceiling gap being very small uh the average the like actual average will represent the dex quality more like i think it's with fogtron even if more people played fogtron uh i that is a deck that has a lot more i don't think it has a really high skill floor but it has a very high uh skill ceiling so if it's performing like when you see some people consistently performing well with it even if the average wasn't yeah uh, if you look at the the consistent players of tron they have a very high uh average win rate but then you you add that together with the total players of tron in whatever event it does bring it down some because it's so complicated because you're trying to maximize a lot of different things at the same time Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think, well, yeah, so just to contrast, I think that difference is because of, like, the deck is very good, but it does take a good pilot to bring it out. And so uh, even if the deck isn't dominating leagues or no one's playing it in leagues, it still remains a really strong contender. Whereas I think if... I don't believe... I'm trying to think of how to say this. I think what you're saying is that Jund isn't necessarily like a top contender um, because it has a uh, it's relatively straightforward to pilot and there's a lot of power in the cascaders and like really really good removal spells you could get there if you're drawing well and uh, things things line up but you're going to be disrupted relatively easily and you're going to fall behind in value even though you have like a bunch of cantrips like any sort of uh, counterspell deck that has a recurring value is just going to overwhelm you. And Tron mm-hmm. has so much mana that they, they can just pump out tons of uh, tons of creatures and counterspells and things and, and lock you out of the game. And even though you've got like, hey, I have uh, 10 removal spells, uh, you still have to draw one card at a time. Yeah. Whereas- I, think, I think that's kind of where Jun dies is it's playing some of the best spells for their mana costs, but they don't have the or some of the best spells in their colors and lightning. Uh, but 
they don't have the consistency like Boros has that uh, like prism plan. Uh, yeah, pestilence. You at least you just buy time to. Now I wonder. I wonder about playing instead of playing Jund, simply playing red green, and playing Scred over chain over uh, cast down, and just like having way better mana, and maybe splashing for Moldrifter or something. But like you, I don't really yeah. understand what Black is doing in the list. That's that's why I was that's why I was thinking. I think I believe we might have talked about this. Uh, or at least I know I talked about it with somebody. We uh, talked about how uh, the Ponza lists were moving into more mid rangey, and yeah. uh, that made sense I think to both of us. But nobody, it seems yeah. like people drop that, and I don't know if that's like people like to be Timmies and they like like you know, hey Jund is cool, but it just doesn't seem like the most uh, effective use of the deck. You can play pretty much mm -hmm. every single card that's awesome here. Um, what are you missing out on? Blightning? Okay. Chainer's Edict? Definitely, like, wh how, when does that matter? Versus Bogles? You could just have a mm -hmm. much better um, chance of casting your anti-Bogles deck, like Serene Heart or something. And then, yeah. cast down, you can essentially just play Scred and maybe just ramp with something and then just, like, get there really fast. I mean, green has green's getting these value creatures. It has Sir Wolf's Packmate. You got Lanoir Visionary. So it's not for lack of. I mean, and the Red Pirate is a much better monarch if you're being aggressive. Yeah, it's got Trample. Cascade into a monarch. Why not? Could be good. Mm. Note to self: Cascade into monarch. I think <laughs> if you want to. <sighs> well, that's what Jun does too, because they have a. Uh... The, yeah. Though that is that that's such a risky move too. That's that's part of like the cascade problem that it was especially prevalent in green red because you had all those dead hits mm -hmm. uh, like Utopia Sprawl. Uh, but even when Jund is like playing a bunch of really good cards, like it's not playing any things that are like just there to ramp. They still end up being dead if they <laughs> they can still up end up being dead just because a lot of it is single target removal or blightning. Yeah. And when you're looking at the single target removal spells, like you mentioned in the results for the one challenge, elves had had a really good win rate. And elves is good against both um, midrange and Tron. Like, I don't think that Jund is going to be able to win when they only have two suffocating fumes in their deck and they, they start really getting going on turn four. And elves can yeah. kill you on turn three. Yeah, one blocker it's... isn't going to matter much when they have a thirty creatures on the board. I just that mana kills me every time. So tell us about I your experience. Don't... How did it go? <laughs> uh, well, uh, it started out, and I was absolutely prepared to say, "Oh my god, I've just been a big idiot." Well, I. I was, I wouldn't say I was prepared, I was dreading the possibility that I was going to prove myself wrong. Oh, and ha that it was uh, a really good deck? Because I won, yeah, because I won the first game really decisively. But, as I noted at the time, though, it might have just been desperation, but still, as I noted at the time, that was due to just obscenely good draws. Like, if you watch that video, it, 
every match we win, like every game we win, is due to like absurdly good draws. We won against uh, one game two against Red Green Land Destruction, despite me having like three bounce lands in my hand. Oh my! Uh, because I top decked, I had or they had played an Ulmog's Crusher, uh, and their only blocker was an Altasaur. I had a Visionary uh, and Ace Rolls Packmate uh, on it, or on board, and one Forest and a Lightning Bolt in hand, and I was like, "We don't run any like untapped lands. I'm gonna draw a tap land. It'd be really sad." And then I just drew a Mountain and bolted them, <laughs> running like two mountains or drew an Ash Barons and just cycled it, bolted them, and I like there was just despair in my voice. I. People, somebody noted it in the comments that I was like just as salty when I won as I was when I lost. <laughs> yeah. You're like, we have four Ash Barons in the list, and I drew it exactly, so it feels good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird because like I was having a fair bit of fun when I won with Boggles, but I, that was mostly because I felt like, yeah, this is what happens. Boggles gets the nut draw, they win. I just didn't realize that there was a nut draw for John. <laughs> and so when I then got it, it, yeah. But uh, just to summarize the video, I went 1-3 and dropped. Yeah. Because it's not You didn't want to fight for the 50 play points? No. I, you know, I said, would I rather play Jund or would I rather just say $10 lost and walk away? <laughs> and that was a very easy decision. <laughs> yeah. Uh I spent so, the deck's so expensive too. That's the thing. Like I can get like budget options being popular, but like we're talking. I think it was sixty dollars for a playset of Bonders. Yep. Like in the boarding party is hiked too. I think it was at least when I bought it, it was twenty four for a playset. So on Sunday the eleventh, someone came in twenty uh, ninth, and I don't know how many players there were in the in the challenge, but they came in twenty ninth. With a hundred and twenty-four ticket jund, and that's mostly due to four bonders ornaments at fifty-three tickets. Oh, um, they're also playing four pyroblast, which apparently spiked like crazy. Yeah, I just used red blast. Well, they're they're playing six total, so I guess they should just play oh, four God. and two. But um, and then yeah. boarding party and Althasaur also spiked because of these because of these lists. So I ended I up uh, actually selling off all my Cascaders right before the PTQ, making a good chunk. Yeah, they were, yeah, they were, uh, I think it was, I think, like, at their lowest, I think I picked up Altasaurs for, like, two tickets, like, total. I'd have to double-check the MTG Goldfish price, but... Yeah. I don't yeah. Know, I guess, obviously, things spike, so someone was pointing yeah. that out to me that, hey, these are in a commander set that is going to be barely dra barely drafted and not reprinted and they seem super powerful. I'm going to pick some up. But they told me about four months after it was released and it was already seven tickets a piece or whatever. Like, Dang it. Yeah. It's hard to spec. They've gone down a little. It was uh, five point... Wait, it's not April 21st. Is this in the future? <laughs> um, <laughs> some other decks that have been doing pretty well obviously elves and then burn re remains just up there it's not mm. a, generally like doing well in total but it's doing well sometimes and that's basically what you want to do with burn you're playing it because sometimes you turn three 
which I did get killed on yeah. turn three today by Burn. So, mm. and then we have walls. Sometimes being they turn three. Played it happens. Still. It happens every time. <laughs> every time they turn three, all you have to do is play against me. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Methonical played a walls combo, not the Cascade version. Uh, to yep. a third place finish on Sunday the eleventh, which is pretty good. Yeah. Pretty standard list. Yeah, he's looks like he's yeah he is a very good pilot i've fallen way behind like i tried piloting it uh, a bit ago and i feel i think i i don't think i made top three i think i dropped let me double check yeah and but then... the deck the combo version is like the cascade version it's not you just you play the walls you win there's a bit of sequencing involved mm-hmm so it's not just entirely brain dead, but yeah. We have one wacky uh, affinity list with the oh, cycle yeah. of the it vault was, uh, combo March... too. Yeah. Oh, when did you? Oh yeah, I uh, yeah it was uh, March twenty eighth. Yeah, I finished in twenty third with uh, oh. the combo list. It's a tricky one. Yeah, especially when there's a bunch of removal around. You want it to be yeah. like a super Tron meta, right? Yeah, Supertron. Uh, Jund... I've heard conflicting things about Jund from the Waltz Discord. Uh, and I don't know that I'm prepared to say that it's a good matchup. It's a great matchup if you can resolve a lead the Stampede. I think if you run the 14 land version, it's going to be very hard to lose. Because then you have access to your lead the Stampedes and Winding Way, even if they pick off your some of your creatures. So... And they just can't beat Winding Way and lead the Stampede with any amount of lands out. It Basic does look forest like is the yeah. It does look like Walls was playing fourteen lands by Methonical. Yeah, uh, was he running the sixty-one cards? No, he was running sixty. I know. I think Apos has been running sixty-one. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, recently, it's Sometimes it is it actually work. a tricky. It's a tricky thing to balance, honestly. It's, yeah. Then we have a couple affinity lists. One Jeskai affinity, one um, Disciple affinity. Playing a single Trinket Mage, which can, I guess, get Navigator's Compass, or Witching Well, or or Chromatic Star. It seems kind of mediocre to me. Um, yeah. And then one Makeshift Munitions. But I guess that makes sense with Disciples. Like, you play two Disciples, you Munitions, and then you blast the heck out of them. Yeah. Like, every land it's, becomes a lightning bolt would be pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's cute. And then in 8th in place, uh, Bryant Cook uh, got there with Cycle Storm. And he yeah, has I been that's... screwing around with this and is now playing 2 Tolarian Winds, 2 Mystical Teachings, which seems pretty it's powerful. Mystical? So wow. I can... did not expect the Mystical Teachings. Yeah, uh, people had been pestering him to play teachings for a while, and I guess he started tooling with it, and uh, it can end up being pretty good. He had a really uh, silly spot where he actually cast cast mystical teachings, held priority, cast Solarian winds, held priority, cast reaping the graves. So that means you're drawing like minimum, I guess four, three or four cards with reaping the graves, probably a lot more, and then Tolarian winds takes those creatures that you pick up, drops them back in the yard, and draws more cards, and then just teachings resolves to 
get whatever get piece you didn't get. So you can teachings for songs, yeah. or you can technically teachings for Tolarian winds, or you can teachings yeah. for Reaping the Grace. And then post board also something like Shredded Sails or Weather the Storm. I don't know if that matters that it's much. It's very but. interesting tech. Yeah. I think that yeah, deck is I, still, you just have to get super lucky. Yeah, I, I don't pay much attention to Cycle Storm. Like, I just, because 90% of my experience with it is they'll start cantri or they'll start ritualing on turn three, and then they'll concede. <laughs> yeah. That, like, 90% of my games. And, like, it's, I can't really take a deck serious, or I can't, like, take that as a real threat to me. I mean, I don't know how it fares in the overall i mean it's top eight and so yeah i think yeah. i mean also tomato cheese has been getting consistent top eights when he pilots it during the um in any like challenge usually he top eights when he plays it but i think that is the type of deck that does have skill expression even though it has a very like similar play pattern of just cycle creature cycle creature cycle creature yeah i think it, it comes down to knowing how much luck you need and how much how how much how many guts you have and how long can you wait mm. stuff like that which is very skillful yeah. like okay do i cycle do i ritual do i wait do i burn this what do i play around stuff like that yeah it kind of falls in the one lance spy field yeah you haven't aspect. made another video on that yet right Shh, don't don't remind people <laughs> Yeah, I, I am going to get around to that. Uh, hopefully this weekend. Uh, it depends when uh, my cards, uh, when I get paid for my cards. It sounds like you're ready to burn another thirty tickets to play Spy in the challenge. <laughs> so what? <laughs> don't don't sign me up for that. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't uh, necessarily do that. Um, no, not not my plan. Just. Uh, yeah, no. I but I do want to take it through Lee because I do genuinely enjoy playing that deck. I think the only other deck that's really been um, coming out of the woodwork now and getting some traction is the Pedal Festival Twiddlestorm deck, which I'm pretty excited yeah. about. Um, Brian oh, Cook yeah. also actually started playing it um, after he was forced to. He decided to continue to do so, which mm. was a surprise yeah. to me, honestly. But well, I thought you broke into his home and made him. That was <laughs> he. He pinged me and he's like, "Hey, I I played like ten leagues of this, and this is what I think." And I was like, "You played ten leagues of it? <laughs> okay." <laughs> uh, do you need? Do you yeah, need so, help hiding your identity from the loan sharks? We yeah. That's a lot. I guess he was maintaining yeah. like a sixty percent win rate, which will still like let you have continuation yeah. of your uh, of your run, which is good. But makes it yeah. We have been tooling around with it. Um, changed up the cantrips quite a bit. Changed up some of the wind condition type things, and uh, mm -hmm. I made a, a five zero with like a, a sprawl. I mean a uh, Karoo build to like take the place of the Utopia sprawl, and he made a five zero with the Utopia sprawl build. So we may see some people picking it up, which makes me happy. Yeah. But we well, just the, the problem the right now is. Story. The moral of the story is no one knows what to call it because Pedal Festival doesn't make sense anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, the real moral of the story is now that now there's two equally as proven directions to take it in. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, I mean, uh, I do want to play more of it, but I think I... You don't want your brain to explode? <laughs> that's the thing. It's a conundrum of, like, I do really enjoy that deck, but do I enjoy timing out? Mm. So, yeah, yeah that can happen because there's a, bil- there's a million clicks that you're doing. Um, obviously, you have to add a ton of mana, and you have to click spells and untap and click and untap and click and untap and draw cards and stuff. Um, but a really interesting change that uh, Bryant realized was that if you have deep analysis in your list with stream of thought um, in this deck where you can like draw cards and untap your lands, if you make enough mana, you can stream yourself to zero cards in library. And assuming that you had two deep analysis in your deck, you have an infinite win condition right there. Because you can stream yourself to zero for the last cards you've just put back three peers, or peer, peer, ideas. I don't know, you put back some cards. <laughs> yeah, put back any arcanes. <laughs> you put you put back uh, one stream and then maybe three ideas, and then you can flash back both of the deep analysis to draw the four cards. So it becomes mm-hmm. kind of like a doomsday deck, because then when you get your cards back, then you stream again, put back ideas, stream, and then something else, and then you can take your entire graveyard and put it into your hand. Yeah, it it's kind of it is similar to what the plan was before of just do streaming your entire deck but having a draw spell in hand but it removes the need to have a draw spell in hand which doesn't really come up that often but i think the big thing for me is just being a draw spell you can mill off of stream yeah so if you're starting to fizzle like you've streamed once but you're still hitting uh those dead draws then just having another draw two that you didn't have to even get in your hand is really big yeah it becomes a resource that uh it just gives you more outs so that's been pretty good yeah yeah the only thing is that i've been trying to play this in leagues to get another trophy with it and i just keep running into one or two people every now and then are that are just um indiscriminately playing ponza (laughs) i think that's why you just keep seeing ponza is i think you said this earlier that you just remember when it happens Uh, That was actually, yeah, I was uh, 2-3 in the challenge. Uh, I had a bye, and then I had actually won a match. Uh, It was off stream, but uh, you were watching Mm -hmm. uh, and trying to walk me through it as I desperately flailed. Uh, But uh, we did win a match, and then I, I was like, okay, here's the next round. It starts up, and it's mono black land destruction. Yeah, I think that some people just want to play it. I mean, you were in the two three bracket, so so were they, right? Yeah. What did I expect? Yeah, I when I lost round one, I was like, okay, we're in the Jund bracket. Yeah. All we need to do is face Jund. We did not face Jund. Yeah. I don't believe. Yeah. Oh man, it was. Yeah, and the thing is, I might have been able to win those both of the matches I lost against Mono Black, but as soon as they played a Dark Ritual, my heart just sank. Oof. And I did, like, there are outs. I did have a number of outs, but I think I... I think I played too pessimistically. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Any sort of combo deck is just kind of knowing how to pilot through it. So... Um, did you have any 
anything happen this week where you just it was like the the most stoked that you got when you were piloting something uh i do think pedal festival there i mean i again i didn't really play a lot this week uh i did try and make a few decks uh with some new Strixhaven cards but I'm still trying to work on that. It'll be online in three days, or it's Wednesday, right? Wednesday after the downtime, the reprints go yeah. live, and then I think that it, it goes uh, uh, live for like pre-release weekend or whatever on the 16th. But who knows? It might it might be earlier than that. Yeah, I haven't been paying yeah. much attention. What's it? I, the 14th? I am excited to I am excited to test out a bunch of the new Strixhaven cards. So what it, uh, um, yeah. Strixhaven cards are you looking forward to? Uh, well, for one, there's the uh, moss dog that is to- that entirely looks like a bear. I swear to God, I'm not crazy, and I will die on this hill. Uh, Bayou Groff. It's a big it, bear. It, it just looks exactly like a bear. I, I will accept no excuses for that. There's even a bear druid, so it's not like there aren't bears. It's, yeah. What I'm I- saying is wizard is scared. Well, so that Groff on its uh, on its card, it's like this weird swamp dog, potentially bear looking, eating it, a very scared looking um, insect. <laughs> yeah, I. It's got like a bear mat. I don't know. Maybe it's the ears. I don't know. It's Either got way, floppy forget the little dog ears. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It well. Maybe it's just it looks like an ear to me, the, but it's well, the hair. Yeah, it looks like a it looks like a rounder, like it looks like. Uh, <laughs> oh, it know, does look yeah from like a distance without zooming in on the art. It does look like a bear ear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might be the fact that it's all green. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to make out. Uh, but this dude is a five four for two mana, which is kind yeah. of insane. And then obviously it's, has a drawback in that you have to sacrifice a creature or you have to pay mm-hmm. three, so it would be a five four for five mana, which is yeah. If I, I was thinking about this from a limited perspective, this is an insanely good card because oh, you're, a five four for five is definitely on pace. And then if you have just a random token to dump, it's insanely insanely good. But this thing is not going to yeah. be coming out on turn two to to be a beat down end the game which also may be like kind of a feel good. We'll see though in limited. I'm sure that there's some one drops yeah. that are people people are just going to draft six Bayou Groffs and eight one drops and try to make it happen. Don't say people, just say me. Don't subtweet me. <laughs> uh uh but yeah, I am actually really excited for that. I do think it's kind of a real good fit into stompy yeah because you do have a bunch of random garbage lying around i think i'd probably cut obviously i'd cut elephant guides uh because i've been trying to find a reason to cut elephant guides for a while now uh so cut those cut the two or cut solana wedgewalker if i'm cutting guides uh bring in a like bring in young wolves over uh, vault scourges. That's just my thinking. Does that make I, you a little bit weaker to um, like ground blocks, though? Or does that not matter? It does, but it makes us a little. It also makes us a little weaker to snuff out. 
mm-hmm. but I think when we have Rancor and a 5-4, Stompy already does okay versus ground blocks, and this, like, especially now that you have a two-mana Morbid trigger, like, I was saying this uh, earlier, like, I don't care if I have to play this on turn three after I play, like, a Nest Invader, because that's turn three, play a 5-4, still have a mana up to protect something with vines, or to cast a Hunger, which now has Morbid. And that's, I think that's the big thing for me, is you don't need it on turn two for it to be stupid strong. So if I'm playing the familiars, stats, do I just play 80,000 uh, snaps now? Because yes. I don't want, I need to just not die to this thing? Well, you shouldn't actually have to, because no one else, there's two people playing Stompy. Uh, but well, I think that people, uh, maybe there will be more after this. I've yeah. actually seen quite a bit of Stompy in the leagues the last day, two days. Really? And I think oh, that... It, people are trying to beat down it hit six pilots yeah i think it's uh there's a, a lack of uh i don't know maybe people just want to beat down on jund somehow i guess if you go wide oh, it, wide enough and fast enough jund's not going to stand a chance oh no yeah jund is absolutely terrible against stopping so there you go uh yeah because they don't they don't get that thing of uh blue red or blue black remove and do something else they just spend that turn on like a terminate. It still has the same result of killing a creature, but that way it just you can't do anything else, and your mana is so clunky. Unlike Is it or Dimir, uh, that you're going to really fall behind, and then any decent Stompy draw will just punish you so hard for that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was. That and that was I think that was the only one I was really looking at in green, but there were a bunch in other cards or in other colors too. Yeah, we've uh, got I think it was first day of class, I think is the red one that everyone's hyped about. And yeah, I this is pretty interesting. It says whenever a creature it's a instant for one in a red. It says whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control this turn, put a plus one plus one counter on it and it gains haste until end of turn. And then it has learn, which doesn't particularly matter, but it says you can reveal yeah. a lesson card you own from outside the game and put it in your hand, or you can rummage, which is discard a card to draw a card. So that kind of matters, because yeah. you're, you're able to use this as like a rummage, but it's most important for this combo deck that could potentially occur, where you have the Persist Goblin and a Goblin Sack outlet. Mm-hmm. So there's um, a couple goblins. There's one that sacrifices a goblin to add mana. There's one that sacrifices a goblin to add a, to give power, right? Yep. So there's you could goblin just, Sledder, yeah, that's yeah. power. So Sledder, you can just sacrifice it, and then it comes back in with a plus one, plus one counter, which negates the persist. I don't know if I know if I said that, but there's a persist goblin for one and a black. Yeah, it's a... Well, I actually have my deck list up here. Uh, it's... Uh, Putrid Goblin. Putrid Goblin. So that gives yeah. your whatever other target that you're going to get plus one, plus one, infinite size. And then if you have Skirk Prospector, you can make infinite red mana. And then there's a couple of outlets to that, too. Yeah. So we're looking at I, some sort of black-red goblins combo deck that could potentially I, be viable. Yeah, I have been working with this. Do you think that it's uh, something that's going to be a player, or it's just a little bit too fragile? Uh, I think... Uh, right now, I need a better list than I currently have. Uh, right now, I uh, 
I think I might need to go an Aokis route, uh, throw in some Falconrath Nobles. But I do believe that it is a very strong shell just in the fact that it runs mostly on red. Uh, technically, I, I did make this, but I, or I did, uh, I guess, see this tech, but it's pretty obvious and never going to be used. But there is a uh, lesson that you can get with the learn. Uh, called Environmental Sciences, uh, which is a two-mana, it's colorless because it's a common lesson, uh, and you can search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle and gain two life. So if you have six red mana, if you have uh, five red mana and haven't played a land drop, you can still cast a... Uh, Putrid Goblin if you somehow haven't hit black. It's never going to come up, but it is. At least you something. can put it in the sideboard as a singleton. That's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's free cards are free cards. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. They, is this going you can to really be the, tell. Is this going to be the, the new uh, companion? companion? I don't think so, but I. And I think that's because it requires cards in your main board to be kind of compromised, too. Uh, Companion, yes. like, most of those deck conditions filled themselves. But you have to run... Like, you didn't have to run bad cards. You just had to run a different set of good cards. That makes but sense. But for, yeah, learn, you have to run actively, like, slow or off-rate cards. Hmm. Uh, but, yeah. So that uh, could be pretty cool. We'll see. I mean, it yeah, already I kind like of works in something like... If you want to just use it for value, you can just slam it into Boros Bully, probably. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I am excited for the... Also, uh, let me state this right now. This is, this is an important declaration. The deck is called Mogwarts. There is no other name. <laughs> I w there is not a single other name. You don't want to call it Rakdos Goblins Persist Combo? Mogwarts. Goblin go to school. Goblins go to school? Yeah. <laughs> I like that better. Uh, <laughs> Goblin uh, school? Except it's not school, no. it's a college. Goblin yeah. college. Goblin U. Yeah. Goblin U. Uh, I want to go to Goblin U. <laughs> yeah. It's it also make. Yeah, making the deck uh, gave me an excuse to put goblin caves in a sideboard. Yeah, to give them because plus one, plus that was one or actually, whatever? or plus zero plus two. Oh, okay, because I'm not super familiar it's, with that. It. Is yeah, it uh, it lets them survive. Uh, cannonade. Oh yeah, but, that's yeah. true. And that's yeah, that's why I'm digging it. I saw it in a sideboard once before, and I was like, wow, that really doesn't look good. And then I, this came along, and I was like, oh, ho, ho. it's, it's coming out. Shine. So what May, do you think? Maybe it's just my my uh, irrational hatred of cannonade, or rational hatred of cannonade. But yeah. yeah. There's another card that's interesting, but I'm not sure if it'll find a shell, but it's Teach by Example, which is an two of Is It Hybrid mana? So it's blue-red hybrid, blue-red hybrid. And it says, when you cast your next instant or sorcery this turn, copy it, and you can choose new, new targets. Which is interesting. Yeah. We haven't had a double cast before. Um, it could potentially put it in Twiddlestorm. 
Maybe it's yeah. I, I don't know if it's yeah. good enough by itself. Somebody, though. somebody talked or uh, in a chat in a Magic Online chat uh, mentioned like uh, using it in. I think it was in Magic Online. It might have been. I don't know. People talk to me sometimes, but I don't really remember. <laughs> it's good they do. Uh, when or how? It, it yeah. It is nice, uh, but. Uh, mentioned using it in an official brand style list to copy oh. a rush of knowledge. Yeah, that was on or to dis- copy. that was on um on Reddit in Reddit comments. I saw. Is that in the Reddit comments? Yeah, and then yeah. I might have I think posted somebody... somewhere else. But that's very yeah, interesting it's... because if you rush in official brand, you're going to be drawing like what, 16 cards? Max? Yeah. Seems good. But official brand is like yeah. very glass cannon. I don't think that yeah, I don't think that solves Fischl Brand's problems. We're it, very well, excited does... to teach by example to copy our one card that we haven't drawn yet. It It is good against counterspells, and I think if anything's going to sell it, it'll be that. So you cast it, and they have to counter that, or counter one of the copies of the next thing? Yeah. Why don't you just have a counterspell in hand so that you just cast the other thing and counter their counter? Isn't that better? Because that's no fun. I don't know. Technic- I, I'm not sure about copy spells right now. Aren't, don't but you people see are that's... excited about it. All yep. you need to do is have three separate expensive cards and the yep. mana to cast them. Yeah. If everything comes together, the... it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's an effect I've wanted for a while, but now that I have it, I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. I was like, finally oh. a fork. What was <laughs> I going to do with this again? That actually reminds me of the other card that people are super stoked on, and it's, uh, I don't know the name of it right now, but it's one in a blue, exile target artifact or creature, instant. Oh, yeah. Make a 4-4. Whoever, the owner that, of the creature I'm... or artifact gets a 4-4, I think, elemental or something. But yeah. that's pretty crazy. Um, yeah. Potentially used on defense in a fog list. Um, that actually makes sense in something like Turbo Fog. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe you could use it in familiars. It seems scary to be giving the opponent a four-four, and we didn't have a really good Pongify effect before. We had um, Raven form, but that really stunk because um, it was really <laughs> slow, really, really, really slow. Yeah. And then Sorcery I just died to the one-one flyer. So bad. Um, uh, but an instant speed is interesting, and you know Tron could play it uh, potentially in teachings for it which is interesting and some people have been trying to just slam it in some sort of like is it affinity shell where you just turn your land into a 4-4 and attack so yeah which is crazy that's going around it i think that's going around it wrong you gotta go for the azorius affinity shell (laughs) think about it thraven inspector think about it (laughs) oh turn you want to turn your thraven inspector into a 4-4 that no, turn sense. your clue into a four-four. But you want a card, I guess you. Okay. Yeah. Who needs cards? You have inspectors. Me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, like, well, because you have that, you can like drop a turn one witching well, exile it with that. I don't know. I like it a lot, and I'm the, gonna be playing it. The thing is, you have to um, blast off on their end step to be able to attack with it, obviously. Yeah. And it's very weak to bounce, so that does make me want to play more bounce spells. I'm not sure. 
I think you're just looking for more excuses to put snaps in. I want seven snaps, not just four. I do like snap. And then we have a cycle of campus cards, which are um, dual lands that come into play tapped and have, uh, you know, add whatever color of mana. And then they have four and tap scry one, which is mediocre for sure, but pretty good in a, a control deck. And I think that Tron is going to play one of just for a uh, crop target. Yeah. They have I mean, plenty of mana to use. Yeah. it's uh, I mean, they ran a remote aisle when they had map before. Yeah. Sometimes even two. Yeah, that's uh, true. So, I, yeah, I would be very unsurprised if uh, this makes it as a one of. This is kind of another thing that people were asking for for a while, and then once we got it, it's like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> It's, hmm, maybe it's not uh, that exciting, but at the same time, I, I mean, it's, it just makes Tron better. Yeah. Granted, slightly better, but like any, that's, I think we talked about it uh, in our first episode. Any card that gets printed can be played in Tron. Yeah. Obviously, they're, like, every card printed makes Tron better. Like, it has to be printed for an actively like a deck that actively hates on Tron for Tron to ever get worse in any set. That was, I think that happened with Commander Legends mm-hmm. uh, when they dropped the Ponza. Yeah. I think that, and even, there's even Cascade Tron now. It, uh... It's like, well, why don't we just put Cascade and, in Tron? Yeah. That actually makes me want to play Jund Cascade Tron. Think about it. Uh... It's, it just makes perfect sense. You take Juntron and you put Cascaders in it. And then you just... Um, you don't have the mana requirements that uh, Fursiel put on me to not play Moldrifter. So you play Althasaur, Pirate, Moldrifter, and just murder people. That was, that was the reason that I said people should play Teamerland Destruction. Not because of viability, but because there's no bigger high and that's that was why i played combo walls or cascade walls for as long as i did because altasaur party mold drifter is the best feeling <laughs> you can have in popper that's the best it's timmy feeling like, ever it's it like it's just staring your opponent in the face and going what now <laughs> they're like okay fog <laughs> yeah. dang it all right i'm gonna untap and burn you for 17 <laughs> i have rolling <laughs> thunder you've won you've you won at heart. <laughs> yeah, you get to ha- you get to live the dream of accomplishing your your goal. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I was working with some people. They were trying to figure out what deck to play in the PTQ, and one person was super into Cascade Ponza, and uh, I just kept telling him like, the one time out of fifteen that your Althasaur cascaded into boarding party, and then you got like a Bonner's ornament off that. That felt really good, didn't it? He's like, yeah, it was so good. I'm like, okay, what about when it cascaded into a wild growth? He's like, I forgot that happened. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, you play four Bonders ornaments, you play eight wild growths. Yeah. And four Arbor Elves. I'm just it, saying. It's hard to... Uh, like, I'm so focused on being sad about Ponza because I see it every now and then, and some people are super focused on the, the highs that they get too, so... It's hard to be uh, objective, especially with magic. What are you talking about? Everything's objective, clearly. So, That's what do you John think? What do you think? Like the the best 
uh, the best decks in the format are right now. And what's still the decks playing. that people are going to play? I, <laughs> I think the best it, deck in yeah. the format is still Tron. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I mean, power level-wise. And I've said this before, like, power level-wise, it's still head and shoulders above the rest, but it does have the problem. That's definitely less of the case now that Ponza is on its way out and uh, crappy midrange is on its way in. That's just Tron's field. That's a Tron field day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would not be... I would expect more people playing Tron in the days to come. Uh, one of them will probably be me. Yeah, get there. Four crop Tron. I don't think I've played it since the top eight. And then, I think, obviously, Demir yeah. Fairies is uh, insanely good. And... Yeah. Um, Demir Delver isn't a slouch either. Delver, people have been putting Delver into decks, and that's that's been beating up on um, slow mid-range or Tron, which I think is a good idea. Yeah. And uh, I've seen it in blue-red, which surprised me. I think they just need a clock. That's what yeah. it is. They just need, like, a threat that they can protect, especially against Cascade or, like, uh, Ponza stacks, and uh, even Trades Tron. With the... Just get yeah, in, I mean, get it... in, get in, get in, and then you're dead. Yeah, it trades with boarding party. That's that's true. You can block and trade. Although boarding <laughs> party to... is going to be not even able to hit the board by the time you're dead to uh, Delver Delver blind flip. Yeah. So, it's it's the Delver turn to Delver brainstorm. Yeah. Or brainstorm Delver. Yeah. Yeah. Tail as old as time. Happens every time to me. Yeah. <laughs> So, I don't know, that seems to be the moment that we're at right now, but then thinking about it at the same time, we've got in like five days, so maybe even after or before that this releases, it's just, okay, Wild Wild West again, potentially, if these uh, yeah. decks are going to change things. I think, yeah, I think I'm going to probably start out on Stupid Stompy. Yeah. Uh, not Not well positioned right now, but yet... You know what? They can't fiery cannonade my dog bear. So, <laughs> I'm surprised that you're you know not going to start on the goblins list. I that's the thing. I need to. I think I want to work on the goblins list a little more. I think I want to try. That's the thing. Like the that's the thing is like Stompy. I like just have the list in my head. I'm like, okay, I swap this out, bring this in, bam. Uh, whereas for Mogwarts, I'm. <laughs> like, okay, do I need to be in heavier black? Do I need more sacrifice fodder? Uh, one of my favorite things that I found, though, uh, was uh, Impulsive... Uh, what was it? Impulsive Pilferer? Impulsive Pilferer, uh, which is a goblin for one in a red that when it dies, create a treasure token. Uh, so it's sacking it to Sir Girk Prospector, is basically creating two mana for the cost of one mana uh, when, and like Mog War Marshal is creating three mana for the cost of two mana. Hmm. So it's it's a similar rate, even if it's not the same. And Mog War Marshal, obviously, like you have to pay the Echo sometimes. It also does have the Encore, uh, but I don't know how often that's realistically going to come up. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's... It's a hard balance. I think it was suggested that like it just just to go with a 
regular like a- aggressive goblin shell and have this as an alternate win con. But I don't think an regular goblin shell is going to want to run for stay of class. Uh, because you're going to be low on lands and you don't want to cast non-creatures. You want to cast those creatures to turn on the uh, tutus. Yeah, and a regular goblin shell is not going to be playing two colors. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I I am going to definitely use Churgeon? Churgeon. I'm just going to say Churgeon. Yeah, I don't know. Churgeon? I don't know. It's that's the thing is I've only ever had it cast against me online, so I've never had someone else say it. Uh, yeah, only have it had it cast by Aokis uh, online, but yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of that card, and I think it does pull a lot more weight than it seems on paper. So I I am looking forward to check it testing it out. I definitely can probably cut the tar fire that I'm running though. I think that's, that this that's just cute. I think this is interesting, um, and it may have more staying power than the altar combo that was with the mm-hmm. mirror retriever because it's just like the side plan is better of just attacking, whereas the mirror retriever mm-hmm. altar combo is like really hard to set up, really slow, and doesn't do anything otherwise. Yeah, it was too bad because it was pretty fun to try to go infinite and like make sure you click things, but. Sometimes going infinite on Magic Online is a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, it's, it's no Zubera Storm. <laughs> yeah, that one say. goes way off the deep oh, end. Oh, man. Yeah. So, um, if everybody is uh, aware, we are uh, put on by the help of the PlayAway server, and there they have a popper mailbag. I checked, and there's just one question. Um, Someone wants to know, what are your thoughts on the extended universe? I think that's the right word. But uh, universes beyond for magic. Like they're doing the Lord of the Rings stuff, I think. Like, are we going to die to um, a dwarf with a lava axe? Like, bring, and my, you die to my ox? (laughs) No, I, I did say, I, like, I have said, like, this isn't something, I'm not like, this is, this was sacred, I can't believe they trampled all over the magic lore, as opposed to the trampling all over the magic lore that they were doing before. Yeah. Like, this breaks the immersion of the game. Like, I, I don't think that really takes me out of, like, all of magic story has been fantastic. Like, people, people were complaining about, hey, these characters in universes are, a little flat and you're not exploring them very well so they just went fine we'll crib someone else's <laughs> i just you guys like lord of the rings i literally never uh, have read or paid attention to any of the lore at all to me everything yeah, is just I, a 2-2 or 3-3 has some ability a little cute flying fish that draws you cards there are some good there is some good stuff uh there's also a lot of bad stuff yeah but yeah uh it's kind of like the star did... wars novels or something yeah, uh, I did. You ever read the Star? Well, there were there were some Star Wars graphic novels that I loved as a kid. Yeah, I bet because they were like darker and. So oh, man, it seems like the uh, the extended universe stuff, universes beyond, isn't really gonna change what I'm doing anyway. But yeah. it was really funny to see people lose to Rick 
and Glenn. I know. In Legacy. It's, it's I I think that's that's the thing is I can't get mad over something so absurd and silly. Yeah, just it does I seem absurd say, though, to, like to have a TV show character beating down yeah. in a random card game. It just feels like when are they going to stick Pikachu on a list on a card or something? Yeah, I I did say though that if I ever read the sentence Bilbo Baggins banned in Brawl, <laughs> uh, I will just cease to exist. That I do think that'll just be the end of me. Yeah. I'll be like this world has shown me all all I can all it can offer, and I'll just fade, I'll just fade like into Yoda. nothingness. Yeah, <laughs> I'll become a force ghost. It's just my time. Uh, yeah, I I am I like honestly the best part of it for me is speculating on the completely stupid things that it might eventually cross over with. Ah, <sighs> that's uh, very silly. That's that's infinitely more fun than complaining about it. Yeah. So we have Strixhaven coming up in a few days from now, in real time. Yep. And then we have Modern Horizons coming out in June, I believe. We we did. Uh, sorry, involuntary reaction. Oh. I'm excited Every for them I to print it. something stupid and see what happens. <laughs> um, I actually uh, am kind of coming to terms with the stupidity. Uh, I want to reframe that. Things have changed <laughs> drastically, and at first I thought it was really cruddy, but at least, you know, it provides kind of like a brewing. Uh, at least it was different. And things things are definitely different. Like when I started in Popper, yeah. it was eighteen months. Of Boros versus Tron versus Blue Red Delver. It was yeah, just I mean, straight up only that. Honestly, I'd rather have Flash in the pan metas than uh, like a meta that kind of grows stale. Uh, I do, and to be fair, I did enjoy. I was one of the sick people who enjoyed Just Guy Ephemerate. Uh, so like that none of the modern horizons play patterns really felt like they weren't boring to me even though like obviously turn one astrolabe homogenized the entire format uh well we were talking about bogles playing astrolabe (laughs) so bogles with core skyfisher and astrolabe because why not you can just run it uh it yeah it was the it was the mono black Tron of everything. Just throw Astrolabe in anything because it is the best thing to be doing on turn one if you're not trying to kill your opponent on turn two. Yeah. It's yeah. But honestly, it brought me Savage Swipe and I can't I can't hold I don't think I can stay mad at a set that gave me such joy. There was there are few times where I've been happier than after Savage Swipe came out. And just watching all of these augers get smacked. <laughs> uh, Serves was, you right. It's a thing of beauty. Yeah. <laughs> That's what well, you get for bringing blue. Yeah. Well, now oh, blue doesn't nice matter. That's you got there. Slap. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, it'll be interesting. And we'll probably see blue become kind of like not as powerful, I guess. They seem to be po- trying to make white and green... And even and red be extreme. So I guess green and red are the cascades, but who knows? Maybe they'll put more cascades in. 
I was trying to say that they should put a card that um, is a land that when it enter enters the battlefield, if it if there already was a land with that name that was in the battlefield this turn, then you put an instant or sorcery on top of your library. But I think that that's hard to probably track. Although it yeah. would it would give me back Sanctuary Fams, which is all I really. Yeah, wanted. I was just about to say. I was like, that seems like a very specific card for a very specific <laughs> line. Of it's okay. Play. It doesn't matter because Pons is a list, right? So it's, you, you you're fair. It's fine. Uh, you have to get to you have to yeah. get the cards in play. Yeah, no, but don't don't jinx it because then they're just gonna give Blue Force of Will. Um, like uh, Force of Will, but you have to. Um, take half of your deck and put it in your graveyard. <laughs> like, perfect. This Force is exactly what I wanted. Blue, black, Delver comes back. Uh, oh, man. I, I do want to see... I mean, I do... I know it'll have really disastrous consequences for possibly half a year after it. But, again, Sanctuary was an Eldraine card, so... Even though that did follow in the aftermath of, uh... Even yeah. though it did feel like we were still living in a Modern Horizons era, that was... That was a different set. I but think because yeah, they overlapped slightly. Just yeah, a teeny bit. they did. There was, there was that brief period, it was, I think, like a couple of weeks, where both Astrolabe and Mystic Sanctuary were legal. And, and nobody was, was playing so... Sanctuary in Jeskai Ephemerate, I don't think. No, yeah. Nobody got it, on the train. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I don't even think it's... I don't... I'm not... I think if you're running the, uh, like, uh, Skyfisher version, that's probably fine. Uh, but, mm. like, I was running, like, one Ghostly Flicker. That's wild. And because because i'm playing a bunch of things that might not be islands yeah but honestly given hindsight i probably would have run some yeah because that card is stupid well we'll see what comes out that's a common that gets banned in every format <laughs> yeah that i think has been the most interesting thing where yeah, astro uh, and sanctuary are just getting thrown out of every other format and we just had to we're the ones that were living with it saying what yeah yeah, we were like, we told you. <laughs> they all laughed. They said your common format has low power level. How's that power level feel now? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's that that's still so funny to me that like half of Modern Horizons has been banned in most of the formats. Uh well I exaggerate, but prominent cards from Yeah. And the yeah. ones that haven't been banned are possibly a little too good. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I'm. I just want to see if they take it more safe or if they try and top themselves. Uh, from oh, did you see the announcement? They're what they literally said in the announcement. It's going like it. It looked like an announcement for a, a bachelor finale. The most exciting, over the top craziness that's ever happened in Magic. Oh no. They said that they're and going we to had outdo themselves. Sets legal in Commander. <laughs> oh my god. I really need to stop opening my mouth. <laughs> well, just before uh, Commander Legends, right, was printed, mm -hmm. um, 
when the set spoilers were coming out, they printed the three mana monarch enchantment that's a rare. And then Hellsaw was like, did you see this? It's a three mana enchantment that gives you the monarch. Can you imagine what the heaven would happen to Popper if they created a common that did that? And then 20 minutes later, uh, Fall from Favor was uh, spoiled. Oh, I was man. like, why did you say something? <laughs> uh, oh, man. Crazy times. I Yeah, I think it's a curse that I think, honestly, I think my win rate would skyrocket if I stopped saying my opponent's best line of play right before they play it. <laughs> Well, I, like, okay, we're fine unless they do this like incredibly specific thing that they would have had to draw three <laughs> unique cards for. Yep. Well, you just have yeah, to assume it, they have it, and then you yeah, it, won't be disappointed. Yeah. It never happens where I say unless blank and blank doesn't happen. It always happens when I say it outright. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but then sometimes you're like, okay, if they have counterspell. I'm screwed, and you play it, and they don't have it, and you say, and they, this is yeah. good. Sometimes I think um, I get nervous to play the line that's like, I if they have it, I'm going to lose anyway, so I just have to see if they have it, you know? Yeah. Um, Marshall Sutcliffe on Limited Resources, he said that he always plays into um, early game combat tricks. Because it gets them out of hand, is gonna the, it makes the most difference when things are getting really serious in the end game. So just make them have it. Limited is fascinating. I'm so bad at it. Yeah, I I spent a lot of time in limited and then wasted a bunch of tickets. And what I found was I had a much better success in constructed where things move slower, at least in popper. And yeah. that's been part of the reason that I've been kind of nervous anytime a new set hits or there's like big shakeups like this, mm -hmm. because it takes, you know, three, four weeks to figure out what's going on. And then there's another change, which takes that nice certainty. Yeah, I have no, no more certainty. So you're just kind of like flying in the dark. Yeah, that's the thing. Like in limited, like you don't know what crazy, stupid mythic they pulled but in popper you or in constructed formats especially ones where it's kind of slower and there's not as many decks like ours uh you kind of like you know what the deck is about you know almost down to like three cards or like three cards what their deck list is made of yeah uh, and i think that i had a lot of success in limited when i basically memorized the entire set and knew exactly what any specific uh archetype was going to be doing or what uh, weird thing they might be playing, but you have to lose so much in order to get to that yeah. point that I just don't have the money. If we, yeah, if losing it limited is is how to improve. By that logic, I should be top eighting pro tours with how often you just I have to lose it. and remember what you lost to, and then put that in your deck. I remember there was See, a core set, um, or maybe it wasn't a core set, but the it was like there was a card that was one green plus one plus one for every creature you control and this person just destroyed me with the tokens deck with like five of those I'm like oh that's interesting so then i just you know immediately requeued and then did the exact thing that they had, were doing and forced it and then just destroyed the next opponents 
So it's like, it's all just learning what people are doing and trying to be on point. But there's no like uh, 5-0 dump for limited, as far as I know. Yeah, you just have to play it by ear. I used to to do the... uh, Yeah. I I used to read the Channel Fireball, uh, the Luis Vargas... uh, his uh, draft ranking. Yeah, and then they paywalled uh, it. It's so very paywalled. disappointing for I us. I know. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's no scenario where I pay to get, I don't know. I just don't know how it, I don't know. I have I have a weird relationship with uh, arbitrary monetization. Well, they, they uh, said that COVID hit, so they couldn't really, they were getting really yeah, screwed they, with money. So they needed a monetization yeah. outlet. But then at the same time, once a company finds that that's working okay, they're not going to stop. They yeah. just need... Also, I... They, ha- they do, like, a lot of uh, arena tournaments and stuff that you can you can get entry for if you pay the monthly or whatever. So it ends up being, like, you paid for your arena tournament, so you get their, you know, content. But they don't have any Magic Online tournaments because nobody runs a player-run event for, like, Star City games. Maybe they do, but... It just doesn't seem like that happens very much on Magic Online, and especially not for Popper, so I'm not yeah, paying I mean, that much attention to it. Yeah, I never, I pretty much never play uh, community-run events. I I talked about this on stream the other day, uh, ironically, when Cable Gannon came up, uh, just because I know he's been playing uh, basically just uh, Penny Dreadful and Limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, I really like the idea of Penny Dreadful, but there's no way I can commit. I think I played one match of Penny Dreadful because it's just so weird to me. I like having that structure. Even like there are even prizes for Penny Dreadful. Like the it's a nice the community steps up like provides prizes. It's but I I don't know. I can't. Uh, I just can't. I just I, I would know, like just, it to be part of the interface and when it's like go to yeah. this other room and set it up and it's kind of like yeah. just sort of sketchy yeah make sure to report the like yeah it it feels too much like paper magic but like sketchy paper magic yeah eh, it can uh, be fun sometimes there was a there oh, was a popper yeah. no band tournament that i was in and did okay with high tide so at least you got i got opportunity to play high tide for a little bit yeah I think uh, I did a few matches on the rotisserie draft before dropping, and that was a bit of fun. I think the rotisserie just hasn't happened very much. I would like oh, it yeah, to occur. No, it, yeah. It's unfortunate because it's a fun idea, but it is hard in, like, because Popper does have, there is a high power level, but that high power level is kind of narrow. You have that high power level on a couple of, like, on a handful of cards, and then it just drops off really hard. That's just my opinion, anyway. And that's why you get, like, a mismatch of these really powerful cards mixed in with some less powerful ones. Got Savage Swipe and Vines of Asswood alongside frickin' Elephant Guide. But that might just be my anti-Elephant Guide bias. <laughs> Or as I like to call it, common sense. <laughs> yeah, just don't get blown out. Uh, or yeah. But Elephant Guide is one of those that is like results it's a oriented. Evil. You know. Yeah, 
it's sometimes that's you the, smash and it feels good, so I put it in the list. Yeah, it's it does a bit a lot of work versus burn because it makes your excursion to a four four if they can't kill it and yeah. then you're gonna get there. The thing is, you need that to you need that vault scourge to survive for that to happen, and hmm. uh, that's uh, very much easier said than done. So, uh, like, ideally, you can turn to scourge, weave up vines, uh, and if they've played correctly, or if they play it around that, then they'll just bolt. They fizzle, then they'll just kill it the next turn. Uh, but yeah. All the meanwhile, you're getting in with your other two twos. Perfect. <laughs> they'll never see it coming. So once the new set drops and people want to see you playing Stompy with a 5-4, where, where are you going to be posting your videos? Are you going to be doing streams? Uh, I, I haven't done week, I haven't done weekday streams in a while, but I totally could if I, uh, again, once I get like 500 bucks from my paper collection, uh, I will definitely be playing more magic and I'll be creating more content. So yeah, if you want to uh, see my videos when I upload, because I finally figured out how Sony Vegas works, only hmm. took four months. Well, to be fair, my computer wasn't there for a month, uh, but yeah. Uh, you can find me at Diego Brando MTG on YouTube. Uh, awesome. Yeah, I. Yeah, so look forward to Strixhaven content there. Uh, a lot of Strixhaven content there, and one day even a One Land Spy video. Someday. I feel so bad. I'm gonna try yeah. to make uh, Twiddle this uh, Petal Festival Twiddle Storm deck super good, so that you have to play that instead. Um, and you can check out the stuff that I'm doing at my Twitter, which is J-A-K-E-A-L-S, Jake A-L-S. And uh, on Discord, I'm Kallikais. And I actually did one stream on Twitch, which was fun. So maybe I'll do that again, but it's Kallikais with two Zs. Um, and that's unfortunately because I forgot my original password. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes you have to keep moving on with your life. And then I'm Kelly uh, Kai's on YouTube, which maybe if I ever stream again, I'll figure out how to save the VOD and upload it there, which would be pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, if you guys want to ask us any questions about um, Popper or what we think about things, definitely check out the Play Away Discord and uh, just enter it in the content section under the Pondering Popper mailbag channel. And uh, we're probably going to close it out there, but I've been looking forward to Strixhaven and seeing if some of these changes to the popper format can make what I like to do more fun. No more Ponza, yeah. please. <laughs> please, I'm begging you. <laughs> I just want to play Bounce Lands. Yeah. I need to oh, enchant man. them. <laughs> yeah, it... Oh, man, it's such a fun deck. I'm, I'm going to make it happen. I think we've, this is the, like the third week in a row we've talked about. Well, we talked about... Uh, that it was gonna, uh, it was gonna get a five zero, and we made it. So, yeah, there's nowhere but up from here. So now we just need to say it'll make a challenge top eight. Yep, let's there do we it. Go. So the Already. next, and then the next week, it'll just be a uh, goblin party everywhere. 
Mogwarts. Mogwarts is going to, to take over the format. Yeah, once I actually figure out how to build a deck. Hmm. Give me about three years. All right, oh, so man. thank you everyone so much for listening. Remember, check away, out the Playaway Discord. And uh, this has been the Pondering Popper podcast. Have a good one, everyone. Bye.